No one ever knew the struggles he had to go through A hero without a cape, yeah she's gonna still be great Cause she's a fighter, a true survivor Yeah she's a fighter, she's gonna still be great My survivor voice my survivor voice. Hey y'all, thanks for joining me for another episode of My Survivor Voice, the podcast where voice stands for voices of independence, closure, and empowerment. I'm Danny, the founder and president of Arthur Memorial Foundation Incorporated, which is also the nonprofit organization that sponsors this podcast. Our survivor guest today is Anju K. Anju is a blogger, a motivator, and the founder of Healing to Peace, a motivational and mindset blog that displays the journeys of different brave souls from suffering to their surviving their pain. She's also an interior stylist and an architect by profession. And what's even more impressive is that she's a domestic violence and sexual assault survivor. Her story of pain to peace is definitely inspiring, and I'm so ready for her to share it with all of you. So let's jump right in. Anju, thank you so much for joining me today and being willing to share your story. I'm super excited for everyone to hear. I've gotten a little bit from our previous conversations, but I'm also excited to learn more as well. So let's just start by you telling us who you are, what you do, where you're from, and then kind of just move into um, your survivor story. Yeah, hello. First of all, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity and giving me some voice for myself and for others also who are still surviving and suffering at the same time just like me what I was doing for 13 years so thank you very much for that okay my pleasure my yeah, pleasure. So starting with my introduction I'm Anju K as you introduced me I'm a blogger I'm a writer I'm a speaker uh, this is my new profile before that I was uh, an architect and interior stylist by profession and I have my bachelor's in psychology also so I'm coming from that side also and blogging was my part-time a kind of hobby when I was having my kids I was like oh I want to share my experience about motherhood and lifestyle but uh, for four years, I was completely out of this. And four years back, I was having my own company also. That's uh, one more thing on my crown. So uh, nice. how uh, my life got changed from a victim to survivor, because like uh, today we are here to share my story as a survivor, not counting my professional qualifications. So everything started just one year back i lost everything overnight wow i lost my family i lost my saving i lost my house i lost myself my abuser was my husband we were married for 13 years with two kids and he called me that he left the country. Yeah. And I was like, really? You left your wife and two kids in unknown country without any support? You just left? Like, 
still wow. sometimes i'm like uh, i can't believe this like this happened you're in shock uh, basically yeah like uh, it was not just a girlfriend boyfriend kind of relationship we were married for a long time and according to everyone we were the perfect couple like uh, love birds like uh, from outside uh, it was like this like oh they are so perfect they are made for each other but nobody knew like what was happening behind the closed doors so when i received the call i couldn't believe it i was crying like a baby and then i went to some counseling like emergency crisis counseling and i cried a lot i cried that's so understandable so basically your husband just left without warning were yeah. was the marriage in trouble were you guys you know fighting a lot mm, from first day of our relationship it was very abusive relationship and be it mentally physically financially verbally sexually you just name it and it was there from the first day but i was in the hope like all other women and like uh, victims uh, i will not just say women because it can happen with anyone it doesn't have to be just with the woman so Absolutely. i was like no things will change when we will have a baby things will change when we will have two kids things will change uh, maybe when we will have more financial stability things will change maybe one day he will change and that day never came and he's just changed so oh i was yeah but i was not uh, i tried to leave him before also but every time there was reasons like i have to go back sometimes it was society sometimes my parents then his parents then kids then financial stability housing medical issues this this like there are so many reasons to stay and it's not easy like uh, being in the body of that victim i will say it's not easy to leave when someone like why don't you see that you are not having healthy relationship just leave it how can you suffer and like it's not easy i'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's something that people don't really understand for sexual assault domestic violence victims when it when it comes to being um your intimate partner being your abuser it usually takes at least seven times for the victim to finally leave for good. And people don't understand that when you've become so comfortable with a person and that person has one manipulated you and, and controlled you, they've controlled your finances and every other aspect of your life, it is very difficult to break away. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that from your mouth as a survivor, people can hear that there are so many factors that play into why people stay. So that's always something that I ask people like, can we not ask survivors that? Can we not ask them why they won't yeah. leave? <laughs> and you are right. And I will add one more line. They just control not just your finance, your voice or your body. They control the soul. they just control the soul and it's not easy to leave and the worst thing people do to a survivor or a victim is asking them and judging them why they were still there like when i 
I face it every day, every day. When people are, he was so abusive from the first day. Why you were still with him? What was the reason? Why you never left him? And I was like, let me find out the answer why I was. <laughs> first, I have to get the answer right. for myself. Then I will let you know what was the reason. It's not easy. Like they, like I was telling you, they just control the soul and uh, one year back when everyone was telling me it's not just one year yet like uh, I'm on 10 months it's very fresh it's very fresh so I used to say he is in my blood he is in my nerves and it takes seven years to refresh and purify your blood and cells so it will take me seven years to get him out of my mind, my body, my soul, my nerves. And, but no, it happened within seven months. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And people around me are also amazed. Like how you just, uh, I was not like this. I was not this much confident. I was an introvert uh, since my childhood and by living with the abuser for 13 years who controlled my mind and body, I was lost. I lost myself. I lost my identity. Then how I gained this much confidence, like uh, people want to know. So how my healing, it went on so fast. I'm still healing. I'm still having those bad days, uh, crying whole day, staying in the bed. But the thing is, I don't stay there. I take my time. If I feel like crying, like what happened in my life, it's not a small thing. Like I lost everything overnight. I was having very stable life. And within one night, I was jobless, homeless, without any support. Like I don't have any family in the United States. Just me and my kids. So he just left me on the roads and... You know what reason he gave me when he left me? What? I was not giving him any services from two months. And I was like, really? What do you mean by services? Wow. I was not any employee. I was your wife. And when you are talking about those two months out of services, I was in the hospital that time with my daughter. My daughter, she was struggling for her life. And that person, I will not say he was any normal human. It was not just my daughter. It was his daughter. And even then, that person is saying, instead of giving me any emotional support or mental support, he just left. He ran away from his responsibility. Like I was okay with my illusion of happy couple. Which was, which, which was a myth. Like, there was no happiness. It was a facade. It was a show for everyone else. Yeah. So even then, I was uh, living in the hope that things will get better soon. Maybe things will get better. But when I needed his that mental and emotional support, he just left. He quit. And I was like, I will change. And the counselor who was sitting with me, she was like, how you are going to change? Can you explain? And I was like, I don't know. I need a sleep and then I will wake up with a fresh start. But I don't know how I'm going to change. 
and that's how my healing started and that's how healing to peace started that's beautiful that's beautiful the fact that you were able to find that purpose behind your pain which is something I talk about all the time but finding that purpose in all of that being abused sexually physically mentally financially by someone that you you were with like you said for 13 years the father of your children so to be able to find that strength so quickly is so admirable I love that um, so let's talk a little bit about healing to peace and what it means to you and what it means for other survivors. Okay, for me, when I was going through my emotions uh, because of the trauma I suffered, I have complex PTSD, I have sleep apnea, tachycardia, scissors, concussions, this and this like it. Every week, I have to see five to six doctors. And then therapist. Right. And now, are any of those um, situations or conditions due to the abuse? Yes. Everything is due to the abuse I suffered. I survived 25 abortions, more than 120 head injuries over my head, 24 stitches over my face, and I have a permanent damage in my eye. And talking about small injuries, like there is no number for that. And no counting for emotional abuse or like a, because that's really hard to prove. How can I show that what affected my brain and my brain ha has been affected permanently in my reports and my testing. They told me that my brain has been damaged a lot because of the continuous trauma. I was not born with anything. And same with my kids. Both of them were completely healthy babies. And now they are also going to three, four doctors each. So in total, we have 15 doctors and full-time therapists. And then people ask me, why don't you work? And I'm like, do you think so? I have energy left after this much. And then there is one icing on the cake. Because he hit me so many times over the head, I can't drive. So I have to take buses oh every day, like on average, three to four hours of bus riding. And on Sunday also, we travel seven hours in buses to go to the therapist. So when should I work? And they're like, no, work from home. You can go for work from home. And I'm like, Okay, but my doctor told me not to stay alone because I pass out without any warning sign. So doctors told me, don't stay alone. And how can I ask anyone come and stay with me 24 hours? So I have to go out. So I was having choices. I can go to a bar to surround myself with strangers. So I feel like, oh, I'm surrounded by people. Or I can go to volunteer in nonprofits and surround myself with healthy adults. I was having one choice to take my kids to fancy places or to take my kids to library or park. So I made my choices. And in that, I was like, it is not just helping me to build healthy relationship. It is helping me to create a healthy environment around my kids also. For so many years, they were surrounded by unhealthy people. And now they are surrounded by positive people. And also in that time period, just therapy is not enough to heal. 
not just words and talking oh, to sure. someone yeah like uh, okay one hour therapy session i'm talking and then after that i'm coming home for two days i'm okay third day i'm again dying i need my therapist so i was like okay what can help me so i started finding my own ways how my healing process can multiply so i started with writing journaling and changing my lifestyle concentrating on my food and my habits my physical activity my mental activity and the same things i started like step by step with my kids also and they are also showing very positive business so i was like if we can do this it can help others also so that's how uh, one part of it is in healing to peace so now coming back to it like what healing to peace means to me i was dying yes people say no one die because of ptsd but no i was dying like six pokes on one hand three pokes on one like nine pokes needles on my hand and everyone was thinking that i tried to harm myself and i was like no my blood is so my nerves are so baby veins like they have to poke them again and again so everyone was telling me live for your kids you have to live for your kids and i'm like okay after 10 years my kids will grow then should i kill myself i have to find a purpose and then they were like okay find a man just get married so i'm like no that will be a rebound i have to first love myself i have to rediscover myself i have to rebuild myself i'm scattered in pieces i have to first build myself i have to understand what exactly i need from a relationship and how much i can give to a relationship so i have to find a way so i was like okay healing to peace is my third baby and my kids also call it mom your third baby is growing really fast and i'm like yeah i am feeding it every day i am feeding it a lot it's a chunky baby and soon it will it. be delivered yeah soon it will be delivered and then my kids ask me mom it's a girl or boy and i'm like healing is a girl and peace is a boy and then they were like okay then what's the two and i'm like those two are you two so and like we have two eyes two ears two hands so you can count too so it's healing to peace and with this first of all i'm going to help other survivors to create whatever they want like uh, it is going to be a brand exclusively from the survivors so when they are in their therapy or healing and because of those situations maybe safety reason or maybe their mental health or physical health and like there are so many things so they can't go to 9 to 5 job or they can't go back to their work but they love to create and that really helps to make that connection between mind and body in their healing so we are going to make a brand exclusively from the survivors without any contract or anything if they want to create one art just make it i will do my part my marketing and if i want to change something credit will be given to the maker but we will just use our healing to please brand on it and if they want to make oh i want to make 10 and i'm like okay so in between that they will gain their confidence that yes there is hope they can make more if we will sell one thing they will get hope to make one more 
if they will sell 10 things, they will get, oh, maybe I can make it my full-time profession. So that's the one thing, healing to peace. And the second thing is coming from my own experience when I was going through my abusive relationship. Every night I was searching on Google how to get out of it. What is a safe place? Where to reach out for the help? And there are so many resources available, but trust issues come up here. For me, it was really hard to trust, like, should I dial this number? Are they going to respond? Do they really help? So I want to give my own experience with those resources, which are right now I'm working on different resources and nonprofits who work in San Antonio. And soon I'm increasing my area. I have started helping people around different states of the United States and a few of my followers are from Asian countries and Australia. So I help them to reach out to law enforcement. I support them because whenever, you know, system everywhere is so corrupt and broken. So when they are alone standing, they don't know how to deal with the system, how to report their case. So I stand with them and I was like, you are not alone. I'm here with you. They have to listen to you because what uh, uh, the people from law enforcement, they are not trauma informed. They just come and they just ask, okay, what's the is issue? And the victim, they don't even have words to explain themselves. They don't know what kind of help they ask. Absolutely. Like when, when they see the danger coming up, be it physical or emotional or any kind of uh, danger, they just dial that number, emergency number. And when they come up and they're like, okay, what's the issue? How can we help you? And the victim they get traumatized. They don't know how to ask for the help because they themselves don't know. So I try to help people to understand like how we can go step by step. I stand with them as a support system and then they don't feel alone. And on the other hand, if they are in San Antonio, like I'm in Texas, San Antonio. So I connect with the, I connect them with the resources. So yes, you can trust this organization. They help with this. And let me clear one thing. People think that uh, I am blessed, that uh, I got help from the system, I got help from the legal department, I got help from there. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm a non-US citizen. So, for me, system was completely new. For me, everything was like a mess. I don't know from where to start. So, I would like to say if I can do this, if I can get help, for you, it's just a pack of peanuts. Absolutely. I love that. I love that entire platform. Um, that's basically what our three memorial does. We have a few more services, but the huge part of our service is being an advocate for those people navigating that process that just don't know where to start, like just don't know where to go, because that is where the organization was born out of when I lost my niece to domestic violence. She didn't know where to go. She had she had no clue what organization to reach out to, what organization she could trust. And um, once she got in contact with an organization, you know, depending on her financial situation, oh, you make too much money, we can't help you here. So she just gave up, like, eh, I'm not gonna, not gonna do okay. it, so. Okay, so for this, I want to tell you, like I was in a shelter home, like a domestic violence emergency shelter home for 10 months. So what I saw, like, I just don't help victims to advocate for themselves or to speak for them. I help nonprofits also. 
like i make the connection more strong when the people who are working at any non profit they could have been working at some highly paid job also but even then they are working at non profit instead of going to make more money they are coming here to help you and they are leaving their personal issues in parking lot they are ready to help and no one is a mind reader first of all as a victim you have to explain what you need and the person who is supporting who is coming from non profit be it a case manager or anyone at any designation they are here to help you but it doesn't mean they will give you house they will give you bank balance they will give you a car or this every non profit is having a specific area that they work for housing they work for this and you have to reach out you have to explain that what kind of help exactly you need so i try to make connection not just from victim side i try to help both the party so right so I you basically try to help build that trust yes and 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 advocate between the two kind of be, kind of be like a liaison between the two parties i yeah. love that that's so needed that's so needed yeah because uh, most of the non profits they don't spend money on advertising or marketing they It's have not in the budget <laughs> yeah and uh, i have seen many clients who are victims like oh they are having so much money and they are not using it they are not providing and you know i have seen many clients victims going to the main desk front desk of the shelter Can you please give me this color of uh, dress with this size and this looks? I'm like, you are not on a shop. You are not here for shopping. They forget that. At least today they are safe. I was also one of them. I was complaining for the food, like what kind of food they serve. Like for three months, I was also one of them. i was also one of them who was behaving like this i was also one of them who was complaining about everything do you think that came from um just knowing the lifestyle you had prior to being in that situation you know yeah. that's what i find with a lot of my clients is and that's why i try to be so understanding because i know it i've never been in that situation but i know it has to be difficult from you know living a life of going where you want eating what you want wearing what you want to having nothing in the blink of an eye and having to rely on other people and other agencies to provide for you it's got to be difficult to shift your mindset you know yes so how i my mindset shifted i realized today at least i'm eating fresh cooked food without any fear without any torture without any violence which is better this clean ugly looking food or the food i was eating from the sink or the floor which i made by spending 5 to 6 hours and the person came and he just put all the food in the sink and my kids were like mom it's going just take then i realized i should be grateful that today at least because of this agency 
I am safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then talking about the people working in these nonprofits, uh, I want to share one experience or message with them. No one wants to ask for help who are coming from such a luxury lifestyle. Oh if my gosh, yes. If someone is coming to stay just one night in a shelter home, they're not coming for any vacation. There are reasons that's why they have. And what we just need, first of all, we need kindness. Second, we need compassion, empathy. That's it. So please don't be rude with us. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, that's another thing. I feel like you read my mind or somehow like read my journal or something because that's been, um, since I started this organization in 2020, that's been like one of my biggest um, down, like that's that's been a big thing for me because it's really part of the reason I started the organization. I, I started out volunteering at local nonprofits. Um, I just wanted to help. And I noticed that every nonprofit that I volunteered at that served victims of domestic violence, a lot of the times these survivors would call in to us try to get assistance and they were treated like, I hate to say it because it sounds so horrible, but it's the truth. Yes. They were treated like second-class citizens. And it's like, the, nobody wants to have to ask for help, especially like you said, coming from a lifestyle where they had it all. Nobody wants to ask for it. And they were just not treated nice at all. And then the things that they needed, these organizations did not provide or could not provide depending on their budget or whatever the case may be. And so my premise behind starting R3 was, one, we're not turning away any survivor. I don't care what we got to do, what kind of resources we got to pull, what we got to find. We may not be able to provide all the financial resources, but we're going to stick with you until we get you what, what you need, until we connect you with something or someone who can help. Um, and then the other thing was every person who dials that line or touches our door will feel loved and compassion in our voices in our and one of the best compliments i've gotten um a few months ago we helped a young lady who was fleeing domestic violence from one state to another and she was actually referred to us by a family member and after she got assistance with us she reached out to her family member and said that our my voice was the first kind voice she had heard throughout the entire ordeal and that was better than any pay date. That meant more to me than any accolade, any award, any recognition, because that means I'm fulfilling my purpose. I want every survivor to know that you are not alone. There are people yeah. out here that are here for you and we may not be able to do everything, but what we can do, we are willing to do. So I'm so glad that you brought light to that because I don't think people really understand that there are a lot of organizations out here where people call in for help and they don't feel welcome. So they don't call back and they don't follow through with it. Yeah. And like when I was in shelter, there were other clients who were like, how you are getting so many resources or I have like, no, when we all enter in just one week, we are provided all the information, all the resources. They give you all those paperwork. 
so you can just turn on turn those pages and dial the numbers they have given you a computer you can reach out through email they have given you a phone you can reach out to rat like you have to work for yourself like i am a strong believer of god what god tell us i am with you but you have to move you can't just think Absolutely. that food, you food is in front of you and food is not going to come inside you you have to use your hands so the same way like how these non profits work they give you support they give you a hand if you will drop they will help you but you have to make an effort to stand alone and that's what i did i was given so many unhealthy choices from the community in this 10 months of period but it was me no i have started fighting i will fight for myself i will speak for myself and that's how i started i was an introvert but who is going to speak for me every time okay they have advocates they can speak on behalf of me but not every day i have to raise my voice if i need justice i have to raise my voice if i need to be heard i have to raise my voice if i have to get my trauma validated no one is a mind reader i have to stand for myself and that's how i tell other survivors and victims also if i can do this i am an outsider to this country if i can get help for you it's very easy just reach out they are ready to help and if you don't know from where to start you can reach out to me i can help you it's all about communication mm-hmm. and nothing happens overnight you have to start working on it everything takes time and people just see that oh you are very much blessed that everyone help you no it took me 13 years it took me 13 years to reach here it took me 13 years to come from one continent to another to leave my country and come here and they just know that someone helped me like five doors open they don't know how many doors never open and how many just shut on my face absolutely wow Your story is amazing and I I just want to say that I personally appreciate the work that you're doing. Um I know there's a lot of talk about survivors and you know on social media and that type of thing but when I've run into somebody who has the same heart for survivors that I have it it melts me and I'm very grateful to you for doing the work that you're doing there in San Antonio and across the um the across the world really cuz you're reaching people all the way in australia so i appreciate that so much yeah and it's not easy like uh, i was a marketer uh, by profession uh, like uh, i was doing a lot when i was with my abuser and i'm very good in marketing and when i started writing and coming on social media people reached out to me to promote their products like jewelry or creams or this and this and i was like yeah i can make a lot of money with that they were giving me very good offers and then suddenly i felt suffocated and i'm like after so many efforts and years i got my voice back and anyone can sell those creams there are so many people just walking on the streets ready to do that i have got my voice i will use it on the right place and i went with my idea to many big organizations also and no one was interested in that like uh, no one has ever done marketing for or like uh, anything about non profit so and i was like okay i will create my own platform 
and now it is growing many things are going on back then and like uh, i started just with 20 dollar donation from a lady actually she gave me those 20 dollars to treat my kids with burger or some cold drink but i was like no i saved those 20 dollars then i received 50 dollar and i started my website so I started with that amount and now people from different uh, like specializations, they are connecting with me and we are creating a team because I can't do so much alone. Yes, I am doing a lot, but uh, I have a plan. I have a big vision, like uh, I have to do this and this. So for that, I'm making my team a strong team and Apart from that, I have to work on myself and my healing also. I have to be very kind with myself also. Yeah, like today I was having one support group and they were like, okay, just started from tomorrow. And I'm like, no, I'm completely full for two weeks and I can't. And they're like, no, you can do this. And I'm like, yes, I can do this. But right now I already have a lot of things on my plate. So I have to be kind to myself. Otherwise, what is the difference? First, I was abused by the other person and now I will start abusing myself. Exactly, exactly. And that's something that people don't realize as well, that, you know, not being gentle with yourself, not being kind to yourself, not listening to your body when your body tells you enough is enough, or even your, not just your body, your mental, when, when your mind tells you, okay, I'm getting overwhelmed, not taking a break, that's self-abuse. You're abusing yourself. You're not being yeah, kind with yourself. Yeah, so they started abusing themselves and then they end up with unhealthy habits. They started drinking because when your mental health is not stable, obviously your body will react. Physical and mental health, they are interrelated. And if you are doing a lot in your mind, your body will react. And to reduce the pain, people just go with the drugs or with alcohol or with substance abuse, or they just try to find different unhealthy resources. Some end up with overeating and like they are spending that uh, one hour of time if they get a little break in between that instead of giving them self time like me time self care they go to a bar or to a club and they meet new people and if someone just show a little attention to them they are like oh I found my love again and that's a rebound like a uh, love takes time to happen it's not a thing like it happened just at one side so that's a not right true thing so i try to i can't save the whole world but at least if i can make some people understand things with my experience i do that and i'm not a people pleaser like uh, if uh, they don't understand me it's okay at least i tried I try and I always believe in speaking. I always say, if it is making a difference in your life or in other person's life, just speak it. Just do it. Just say it. Don't stay quiet. Maybe something happens. And when I started speaking and writing, like me and my son, my son, he's 10 year old. And on 1st of January, we launched our website without any support we just uh, purchased the domain and we start we started healing to peace and my son was like mom who is going to read 
and I was like, who cares? I will keep writing. And now every day on average, 3,000 to 4,000 people are reading just within four months. That's that amazing. amazing. So when I started, I started without any expectation. I was like, no, I have to just do it. If there are 100 people and there are 95 who are against me and five are in like, oh, we like, and I was like, at least those 90 people, 95 people heard me. They took time to listen to me. Then they decided they like me or not. So I did my best. And if I am going with the right intentions, he will help me. The God will help me to find a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that is a perfect note to end on. So let's tell everybody where they can find you. Tell, drop the website and your social media handles and all of that. Yeah. So my website is www.healing2, numeric2, peace.com. It's H-E-A-L-I-N-G, numeric2, P-E-A-C-E.com. And my Instagram handles, I am 24 hours are kind of active on my social media. So it's Anju, my first name, A-N-J-U 29, peace, P-E-A-C-E. And my website and my brand and few surprises are coming on my Healing to Peace handle also. Uh, I'm not going to show you whole staircase right now. Everyone has to walk step by step. So it's Healing to Peace. Uh, again on Instagram so anyone can reach out to me I try my best to reply back and I just don't say that I will help you I try my best I love that I love that any last words to our listeners any encouragement any words of advice mm, there are so many believe in yourself you matter your trauma your feelings everything matters so just stand up for yourself. That's that's it. That's I love that. Stand up for yourself. And with that, y'all, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. And you thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Yeah. And I also love being with you and sharing my journey. So thank you very much again for giving me this time and opportunity. And maybe we will have something together in future also. Absolutely. Intimate partner sexual violence is a type of domestic violence perpetrated by a former or current intimate partner. It describes any type of sexual abuse ranging from threats of sexual violence to completed rape. Although some populations are more vulnerable to intimate partner sexual violence, such as women and transgender individuals, this form of domestic violence can happen to anyone and accounts for a significant number of sexual assaults that occur daily. If you have experienced intimate partner sexual violence, you are not alone and you deserve support and assistance. To find help and resources, visit the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence website at www.ncadv.org. Thanks again, y'all, for listening to this month's Survivor Story. And many, many, many thanks to Anju for sharing her experience with us today. As always, I hope something said today has inspired you to keep on surviving. Because that's why we're here. 
And if you've got a survivor story you'd like to share, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at my survivor voice and click the link in the bio. And to keep up with me and my antics, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at truly Danny underscore L. That's T-R-U-L-Y-D-A-N-I underscore E-L-L-E. And that is it for today, y'all. So until next time, as always, please, please remember, you can't heal what you won't reveal. So speak up. Let them hear your survivor voice.